Welcome to the Winner Takes All podcast, the podcast where we talk about everything competition, whether it be sports, reality competition, or who will be the first player to get paid after the Mets are done paying Bobby Bonilla. If you're competing, we are talking about it. I am your host, Kevin G, and I'm here as always with my co-host, CJ. CJ, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm good. Did you like that little that little jab at Bobby at the Mets? It's really the Mets. They're paying him. They've been paying him for like it seems 50 years. Yeah, and uh, Fernando Tatis yeah. Jr. just signed a 14 year extension. Yes, 14 the, years. Not only 14 years, but the third richest contract in baseball history. Bobby Bonilla will still be getting paid after that contract's done. So, for those who don't know, <laughs> Bobby Bonilla took a deal with the Mets. That he got paid while he was playing, but at the end of his career when he retired, he got paid $1 million a year for 25 years. Yep. That's absurd. Ridiculous. My guy took a 14-year extension, and they still have two years left to pay Bobby Bonilla when it's after done. that. Yeah, that's absurd. So I think the, the Padres got a super deal on that, that contract because for 14 years for 330 something like that didn't Bryce Harper sign for more no the only deals that were more is Mike Trout signed for 425 okay and Mookie Betts signed for 365 that's what it was okay so like money wise it's the third biggest deal of all time I'm not how many I'm not sure how many years those two signed for Mookie I think is 10 years yeah and I think Trout is like 12 yeah but so Trout's the biggest. Mookie's number two. Yeah, and so fourteen for three thirty, and he the dude's like what twenty six something like that. 24? He's actually no, he's like twenty two. This so, this deal takes him through his age thirty five season, which this is the kind of dude like I've been blasting baseball for months now on here. This is the kind of dude that you need to put to the forefront of your marketing effort instead of bashing him. When he hits a grand slam when you're up nine because he swung at a 3-0 pitch. Like, baseball is stupid. Make this dude a star. I think they're going to, right? They because need to. he has the swag. He's on the cover of MLB The Show um, 21, which for the first time will be coming to the Xbox and the Xbox. So, so you're telling me this is going to be the first time that I can play an MLB branded game since like 2006? Yes. we. I will be getting it. You will be getting it. Yes. and. It's going to be fun, but he's on the cover. He Our has producer swag. Albert will also be getting it, but he'll be getting it on his PS4. <laughs> he has swag, though, right? Right. He swags it out. He's in the um, the Bolt 24 commercials, I believe. Yes. Um, so he's getting endorsements. He is what Mike Trout could have been in terms of marketing. But Mike, I don't think Mike Trout ever wanted to be. Right. I don't think so either. But he has, he, Fernando Tatis has that swag, though. Right. He has that swag, and I'm excited for him. I'm stoked. I am not excited that he plays for the Padres. I mean, the Padres are trying. You're just saying that because you're a Dodger fan. Right. You shouldn't be excited either. You're a Giants fan. Yeah, I just want somebody other than the Dodgers. Uh, and the Giants aren't trying to win this year. Like, so When was the last time the Giants tried to win? 2018. Mm. So the problem is, is the Giants, the entire time they were winning World Series back in the first half of the decade, the early aughts, is they depended on older players. They had young pitchers, older position players, and Buster Posey. Well, now Buster Posey is one of the older dudes, but you got guys like Evan Longoria, who's old. You had Hunter Pence, who's right. old and just retired. Uh, 
So they're letting all these big money deals run out because they were still top 10 in payroll despite not being very good. Like the best pitcher now is Johnny Cueto, who is old. They couldn't have, they decided not to resign Madison Bumgarner because they didn't want to spend the money. Right. So they're trying to clean slate. I think this is the year that a lot of those deals will, fi- will wrap up. Uh, and then they're probably going to chase free agents because I'm still 97% sure there's going to be some kind of striker lockout. And I think whenever that ends, I think they're going to be spenders because the Giants historically haven't been the type of team that develops players. They've been, we're going to, you know, like we do develop in-house, but we bring in supplemental talent. But mainly in baseball, your farm system is everything. I mean, right. especially been shown by the Astros winning. Yeah. Without, even without the cheating, the, the, the Astros Rays. winning. Well, the, now just the Rays. The Rays, the Cubs even. It seems to be the farm systems that get you there. The only one that's the exception is my Dodgers, but the Dodgers spend money like it's going out of style. The, well, the Dodgers, the Yankees, and the Red Sox. But right. it's funny because even those teams get dynamic players through their farm system, like the Mookie Betts of the world, the Aaron Judges, the... Bellingers. Yes, the Bellingers. You have to have some homegrown stars. Chris Bryant with the Cubs. Dealers, yeah. Mm-hmm. Walker, so yeah. it's a blend. And I think part of it is is because those it's a top-down mentality where you have these good players in the majors, which makes it easier to sign good players in the minors when you use the limited money for minor league deals. True. Well, this week on the show, we're going to talk about the challenge. We're going to talk about the bachelor. We're going to talk about American Idol. New Idol season. We're going to be talking about Idol competition. And first, we're going to talk about football. And I have a great transition from baseball to football. This week, Tim Tebow, former Denver quarterback, former New York Met farm system guy, he retired. Yeah, he he played baseball. (laughs) Uh, He had a triple A. But we're here to talk about some quarterback position, football. Well, before you leave Tim Tebow, in his five seasons in AAA, he hit 223. He hit like 18 home runs. He had like 70 RBIs ish. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan played in AAA for a year, too. His batting average, 202. Therefore, Tim Tebow is greater than Michael Jordan. <laughs> There, I said it. We're using those numbers? Then Goat. Yes. <laughs> the greatest AAA player of all time. Correct. The, triple, the greatest two-sport AAA player of all time. Yes. <laughs> well, one thing that Tim Tebow does have is his freedom. You know who doesn't have his freedom? Deshaun Watson. Today is the 23rd day that Deshaun Watson has been locked up by the Houston Texans. He asked for his freedom 23 days ago. And in that time, Matt Stafford has asked for his freedom and has been traded. Yep. J.J. Watt asked for his freedom and was released on good standing. And Which is crazy because J.J. Watt was still under contract. The fact that they released him means they don't qualify for a compensatory pick. So they just said, go, man, pick your team. Do yeah. what you want to so do. So they, they gave him away for nothing. And then this week, Carson Wentz asked for out of Philadelphia and he got his wish and got traded to not just traded, Traded to the team he wanted to go to, by all accounts, in the Colts, to go play for Frank Reich. His former offensive coordinator. How is Deshaun Watson still being held captive? Because he's good at football. So is 
JJ Watt. Oh, you were about to say Carson Wentz. I was about to say Carson Wentz. <laughs> I don't know that Carson Wentz is bad. I don't think Carson Wentz is bad either. I think that he was a victim of circumstance. I think he definitely took a step back. But like looking at the compensation for him this season, a three this year and a conditional two next year, that can become a one depending on benchmarks for playing. I don't, I think it will become a one because I think Carson Wentz is better than what he's shown. I think he was like in 2019, he was a top 10 quarterback, like six to 10. I don't know how it couldn't become a one because the parameters is that he has to play 75% um, for him to be a one, 70%. Of the game, of the snaps, if yeah. uh, they make the playoffs, mm-hmm. they don't have another quarterback. Well, they have Jacob Eason. Right. Jacob Eason's not going to beat him out for the job. Otherwise, they wouldn't have made a trade. Right. So, he's, go- he's the starter, day one starter. Most, I mean, the, uh, the Seahawks, back in the day, they signed Matt Flynn and then gave the job to Russell Wilson. But didn't they draft Russell Wilson? They did in the third round. And then he came up and took in, the job? In training camp, yeah. So, how is Eason going to do the same? Because training camp. How many games did Matt Flynn show out before they made that deal? Like two. Okay. That's what's different, right? Carson Wentz is back with the guy that helped him win the Super Bowl. And the pieces around him, Michael Pittman Jr., um, they're, gonna not gonna, they're probably not going to bring back T.Y. Hilton. But I think he's too expensive. I wouldn't be surprised if they went and signed Zach Ertz, though. I wouldn't be surprised either. Zach Ertz, Jonathan Taylor. These guys that are around him are going to be able to help get him. That line, that line is. Oh, everything is much better for him in Indy than it was in Philly. Like people forget that in 2019, when he led them to the playoffs, uh, his two leading receivers were his tight end. He didn't have a single wide receiver that top 500 yards receiving. Like he was doing it all. Now he's got, like I said, Michael Pittman Jr., Paris Campbell. They might bring in another guy because there's, they have money to spend. Yes. Indy, Indy has money to spend in this cash trap year. Maybe you see Chris Godwin there. Maybe you see um, uh, Allen Robinson there. Maybe when, you see Juju Smith-Schuster out there. Who well, knows? I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to be focusing more on their lines and their defense. I mean, we'll talk about it when we do, whenever we sit down and really talk about football free agency. But I don't see that happening. I think someone like Chris Godwin will probably end up somewhere like the Dolphins where they need help. I think Allen Robinson is going to end up back on the Bears. Because one of the things that we haven't brought up is that the NFL came out this week and said that the minimum the cap will be is $180 million this year, which I thought it was going to be 175 because that was the number prior to this season. So even like if the minimum it's going to be is 180 it means it could be higher, which means people won't have to cut as far down. Which means the Saints might have some relief. No, but still. <laughs> uh, but like the Eagles, it, it, this year is already over. Do you know how much dead money they're taking? Like money against the cap Carson Wentz will cost this year? 27? More. 30? More. 40? More. 50? Yes. Of 180? 51. 51 million of 180 at least. Because of what they were paying him this year, plus all of the signing bonus gets accelerated onto this year's cap. Dang. So and they, they were already $40 million over. I mean, I guess if you're in the NFC East, it's like we could still maybe make the playoffs. You know what's funny? <laughs> it was really funny. The dead cap charge is the largest in NFL history. Do you know what the second largest one is? No. Jared Goff when he got traded. Oh, this is also got traded recently. Yeah, and his dead cap charge was like 30. 
but the Rams are right there though. They're they're right there, yeah. right up against it to win. Yeah, the Eagles are not anymore. The Eagles are not. And so this is a good move. So then with that being the case in terms of their cap space, do the Eagles just go with Jalen Hurts? They said they're gonna bring in someone to push him. Are we looking at like uh Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic coming out there, them signing him? I, I would normally say yes, but because of the dead cap charge and the fact that they were already like forty million over the cap going into the offseason, I don't think I mean like I think Fitzmagic is too good. Maybe you see someone like Jacoby Brissett who comes in on a lower deal, but realistically, I think they're probably drafting a quarterback now. I think I'd, they do both, actually. I think they draft a quarterback because they have a high enough pick. I mean, after that Doug Peterson move, they have a high enough, high enough pick mm-hmm. that they can get a quarterback. You then go with Jalen Hurts, and then you bring in a guy like Jacoby Brissett on like a $2 million deal. And it's a one-year prove-yourself deal. I. I don't think they do both. I think it's one or the other. And the reason why I say that is because even though it's a new coach, it's still the same GM, which means he saw something in Jalen Hurts. So I, I legitimately think they thought that Jalen Hurts was going to be a Taysom Hill-like role. Be able mm-hmm. to use him in different places, be able to put him out there and, at running back, one, run a fake uh, proto-wildcat. I, I call it oh, proto-wildcat with those guys. It's because, a wildcat with a real quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, it's just a running quarterback. With that being the case, they could run a proto wildcat. They do something like that. I, I thought that's what they were signing him for when they drafted him in the what, second round. I thought that's what they were doing. They took him second or third round, day two. They took him yeah. day two. So that's what I thought they were doing with him initially. And then they put him in as a starter. And I, I'm a Jalen Hurts guy, right? I like Jalen Hurts a lot. Right. I liked him. I watched more Oklahoma games that year than I ever had because I wanted to watch him play. Being a big dynasty fantasy football guy, I wanted to get some eyes on him to see what I thought. And I like him. I like him a lot. But I don't know if he is the guy. But I also don't know that Kyler is. And I liken him to being about the same. Yeah. I I think Kyler's way better. But I think Kyler is reduced because of his coaching. Like Kyler, right now, Kyler is a much better fantasy quarterback than real quarterback. Right. Um, but I think part of it is, is the scheme is not as strong as it could be. I also think that he only had real, one real NFL receiver in DeAndre Hopkins, who might be the best receiver in football, but still only one. Cause like Larry Fitzgerald's old and Christian Kirk is not a number two. And so with Jalen Hurts being very similar to Kyler in ability on the field, I don't know that they decide that he actually is the guy. I... I don't think he is because I don't think his arm's strong enough. I think that they're going back to the well, which is why I could see them taking someone like Justin Fields. Okay. Um, maybe Trey Lance. Trey Lance, I, I keep hearing it, is a good possibility. But the problem is, is you're going to have a lot of quarterback-hungry teams. They think there's going to be five first-round quarterbacks this season. So they think Trevor Lawrence is going number one. A lot of mock drafts right now have Zach Wilson going number two, which I have no idea how Zach Wilson jumped above. Justin Fields, who was pretty much the consensus number two quarterback um, all season. And now that the season is over, Justin Fields is now the consensus number four quarterback between behind Zach Wilson and Trey Lance. By the way, Trey Lance only played one game. He's never played a D1 bowl division. I hate the names of these. Uh, bowl division team because mm-hmm. he's championship North Dakota division. Right? Yeah, he went to North Dakota. Um, also, it would just be ironic if Trey Lance went to the Eagles. 
after. We love North Dakota, baby. Yeah. We brought in Carson. We sent Carson on his way. Yep. We brought in another North Dakota guy. So it's just, I don't know. But like, if you're looking at the top, Jaguars need someone. Jets. Yeah, they have someone. Jet. Off the board. Trevor Lawrence. But my point board. is, they're, they're looking for a quarterback. Right. Then you have the Jets at number two looking for a quarterback. Dolphins are at number three. Are they looking for a quarterback? Maybe. No, like I they, think two is the guy. But even if they're not, someone's going to trade someone, up to that spot. Someone's looking for a quarterback. So that's like, is that a spot that Carolina looks to trade up? Who knows? Because they're trying to get Deshaun Watson, but the Texans say they're not going to trade. And realistically, I don't know if Carolina has enough to get the deal done. So the Texans keep saying that they're going to tra- they're not going to trade. Well, that's how you have leverage. Because as soon as you say, yeah, we're looking to deal, the offers aren't as good. I don't know if that's true. I guess that's kind of true. I guess that's kind of true because I think about it because I guess if you're trying to get something that someone's not trying to move, you got to pay more. I mean, Okay, so you, you work in sales. Yeah, yeah. That's when, what I just when somebody comes in and says, I want to buy this thing. Yeah. I say, cool. You're not offering a discount. All this stuff. Correct. Like, like I said. I get you because you're trying to pry it out of my hands. And if I'm trying to pry Deshaun Watson from someone that's holding on with a vice-like grip, I have to use more force. Yeah. And which means I got to grease it a little bit yep. to try to get it loose. So that means I'm adding in a third, that third first-round pick you were talking about. I'm adding oh, but in I was talking about the fourth, actually. a player, another player. I'm adding in just so many more things to try to get you to budge. And that's why I say I don't think Carolina has enough because if they were to offer, let's say, three firsts and a couple twos, I still think you need to throw in a player or two, and I don't know where those players come from because they're obviously not going to do it from the offensive side of the ball, and their defense was not very good. I was listening to a podcast this week, and I don't remember where they landed on this, but I do remember the headline being, do you trade Christian McCaffrey for Deshaun Watson? Yes. And I think the answer is yes. I, I say yes because I do believe that running backs, for the most part, are interchangeable. I will say that Christian McCaffrey is not a running back. He's special. Well, I'll say I don't consider him a running back. He's an offensive weapon because they use him in so many different ways. But at the end of the day... You're going to you, have a quarterback for the next 15 years. And also you can... You can fix the loss of Christian McCaffrey with scheme, but you can't fix Teddy Bridgewater to be Deshaun Watson. So if you're the Texans and I call you and I say, I will give you two, this year's first, mm-hmm. next year's first, Teddy Bridgewater and Christian McCaffrey. No. Still no? I, don't, I have no interest in Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, the Teddy Bridgewater is the stopgap. Oh, he may be the stopgap, but I have no interest in him. So the two ones is not enough to get it done. And Christian McCaffrey? Again, running backs are interchangeable. But you guys currently have David Johnson. That we just traded a two for. <laughs> and DeAndre Hopkins. I like the way you said it as if it was like a good trade. I, I, we, just, we just got him. Yeah. We just gave you a two. What did you think we, we thought about him? Yeah. Obviously, we had to bring him in. No. And. Do you think Christian McCaffrey and Teddy Bridgewater are worth two, num- two first-round picks? Because I keep saying Deshaun Watson's worth four. I don't think he's worth four, though. I don't think you can get four. I really don't. I think you can get three. So I think the two of them together do equal one. I don't. 
that's why that's the thing. I do think the two of them together equal one. I don't I, think four is actually realistic. I don't think there's a lot of teams that are willing to put a first round pick on a running back anymore. And also the like when you do, you're looking at end of the first round is usually when the first running right. back goes. Clyde Edwards Lair going with thirty. Yeah, yeah. Like Zeke went fifth. Five, yeah. And Saquon went two. Nick Chubb also went like four or five. But like those teams already had dynamic lines. Okay. And even looking at the, well, not the Giants, because the Giants were just a tire fire under Jason Garrett this year as offensive coordinator. But they just gave an extension. Uh, Jason Garrett? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Joe Judge makes bad choices as head coach. Um, but like the Browns were fine without Nick Chubb. The Cowboys were fine without Zeke. I don't think running backs are viewed as that important. Christian McCaffrey went eighth, though, in 2017. Yeah, he did. So, I don't know that there's guys that are dynamic that will beat out the system in terms of running backs going early. I don't know that Christian McCaffrey is still not far from that. So, that's why I think if I am the... I, if I am the um, Carolina the Texans, oh, I would Texas. probably say yeah to that deal. Maybe try to get a second also. Like maybe try to squeeze a second also. Oh, if 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 that was the I, deal, I misspoke. I Nick think Chubb went in the second round. Um, Bradley Chubb went went yeah. In the first. So here's the thing: if that was the deal, then I want two ones, two twos, both those guys, and maybe a three or a four. I don't think you. I don't think you realize how important quarterbacks are. No, I do, but this guy doesn't want to be here. That's fine. And what happens if Deshaun Watson sits out? Okay. Because I'm still driving my asking price. Because if he sits out, I don't have to pay him. I can. I can say he's in breach of contract. Right, but that doesn't help your football team. And I think this is one of the few cases where the Texans are in the wrong. But I can hold, like... Like, in the court of public opinion, the Texans are in the wrong. But I'm not trading you for... Like, I'm not going to give you a dollar for two quarters. I'm, if I'm giving you my dollar, I want four quarters back. And I think that's where the Texans are right now, is you got to at least get your four quarters back. Okay. Which, that's that deal, two ones, McCaffrey and Bridgewater, you're not getting four quarters back. Hmm. Like, I don't think it has to be four ones. I think if it was just draft picks, it's four ones. But if you're going to do players, then you got to give me something better. So, like, maybe it's not McCaffrey and, and Bridgewater, but maybe it's two ones, Christian McCaffrey, Brian Burns, and the kid that won Defensive Rookie of the Year. The safety that they have. Okay. So, like, maybe something like that gets it done. But I don't think you're going to do it. Like, Bridgewater is a not even a replacement-level quarterback. And if I'm going to have a bum at quarterback or someone who's not the answer, I don't want Bridgewater because the other thing is is Carolina's pick is like seventh this year Mm -hmm. so what quarterback am I getting in the draft like if I'm drafting third I know I'm getting like with Miami's pick 
I know I'm getting at either Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields. At least one of them will be on the board at that point. At seven, they may all be gone. I might be looking at Mac Jones. But at seven, currently, I'm in the draft. They're not in the draft at the moment. Well, whose fault is that? That's the, uh, Bill O'Brien. Yeah, exactly. No, He's gone too. I know, but that's, from, that's my point though, right? Is that like at this moment, we're not even in the draft. We don't have a chance at Mac Jones because we're not in the draft at the moment. But we have Deshaun Watson. But Deshaun Watson doesn't want to play here. Yeah, but I can sit on Deshaun Watson, let somebody pick one of those dudes, and then trade him after the fact. That's also an option. That's also an option. Just do it and see if you, you get one of those guys at seven or they move up. Right. And then they want to turn around and make the move. Right. I guess you could wait on that, too. You could wait and see that, too. I think that deal's enough to get it done. You don't. We'll see what happens. It's the 23rd day that Deshaun Watson's still being held hostage. Yeah, he's going to be there for a while. Is there anything else football-wise you want to talk about? I think that's it, football. I mean, we'll see what happens. Free agency's coming up in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. It's going to be exciting because I think it's going to be a quarterback carousel this year. It's already starting. I know. I am down, though, to switch gears. Let's talk about the challenge. I really enjoyed the challenge this week. This week was a very good episode. People on the internet seem to hate the fact that um, they think it's boring. I think the season is great. I'm enjoying it. I lot. think there's a lot of paranoia this season. I think being stuck in the house, everything you do is together because COVID. The fact that they part like they're partying in the house, the club is in the house. Uh, there's no escape from the house. I think it's great because I think it's changing the social dynamics of the game because there's no escape. Like people normally get paranoid, but I feel like they're super paranoid. Yeah, and, and especially because they're getting down to it, they're running out of schools. Mm-hmm. This week, the the thing that I I hated the most was watching Bessie get close to Gabby. That was terrible. Hated that. Well, Tori left, so he had to find a new target. I'm just I I just don't like Bessie. Dude, who do you dislike more, Fessy or Josh? Josh. Wow, that wasn't even... So fast, without a thought. Yeah. I've, I, I do not like Josh Martinez. Josh Martinez has been a problem in my life now on TV for multiple years. <laughs> right? Big Brother 19, dude, big, big dumb idiot. I do not like that dude whatsoever. Have you considered giving up TV so you don't have to deal with Josh? Mm-mm, I just want to wa- hate watch him every week. And I'm going to continue to hate watch him until he leaves. Because he's definitely in line, along with my guy Devin, to lose his school. Now... I do not agree with Devin that Big Brother sucked. I love Big Brother. But some of the people that are on there from Big Brother, i.e. Josh, i.e. Fessy, they do suck. Yeah. The girls are dope. Casey's dope. Amber's dope. Josh sucks. Josh is... We'll, we'll get into it as we go through that. Would you like to give us a synopsis? Because I, I have so many thoughts on Josh. Yeah, okay. So this week on the episode, um, the beginning of the episode, Fessy and Gabby are flirting a little bit. We also hear about Lolo and Nam and their relationship issues. Um, so that means we're going to have a Lolo and Nam episode slash Gabby is going to do something or Fessy's going to do something. So <laughs> as yeah. the episode, and Gabby's doing a lot of the interviews along with Devin, which means Gabby and Devin are going to do something based on the fact that they have a lot of interviews. Mm-hmm. So then we get to the daily challenge. The daily challenge is that they have to dig in this black sand and find puzzle pieces, about mm-hmm. 20 of them. And then put them together and make a totem puzzle, right? Yeah, 10-piece 3D totem puzzle. So as they're putting them together and they're grabbing the pieces, I said, oh, this is definitely 
definitely a one where Devin's going to win because Devin's smart, and they keep talking about Josh and Nani, and neither one of them are Mensa students. Yeah. So, and Nani, shouts to Nani. I've loved Nani for years. Josh sucks. So well, It was interesting watching that challenge because Josh's alliance was very in the open about working together. Yeah. Like, hey, I found your piece. Come get it. Mm-hmm. Whereas and, they would all find Devin's pieces and then rebury them. Yeah. So Josh and Nani were done first and still didn't finish the puzzle. And yeah. it was funny to me because Devin was smart and said, well, we found all the pieces we're going to find. We need to start digging where they buried. Yeah. Because he said they probably put ours back. Yeah. <laughs> and that was smart. Yeah. Also, we saw earlier in the episode that Devin said, hey, if it's a guy's day, I'm sending in my guy CT. And this is how Chris is going to try to get a skull. Because yeah. he, he has to either win on his own or he gets Devin to help him out because no one else is trying to see CT in a final. Yeah, I'm going to line him up with Josh as a favor to him mm-hmm. and a favor to me because I want Josh to go home. Yeah. And so he's going to be able to rip through him because Josh is a big, dumb idiot. Yep. So we get to the daily challenge. They put the puzzle together. Do you know who really came through? Big T, CT. Yes, she did. Yeah. Big T was there because Big T's good at smart stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She wasn't good at trivia because it was American trivia. Well, also, she was terrified. The other day, I had to do this like this game, and I played Canadian trivia against three Canadians. Oh. I got smoked. It I <laughs> assume so. So watching Big T do American trivia. You got to learn more about Robin Sparkles. I so one of the questions was what is the largest mall in North America, and they are all Canadian malls. And I just guessed the one in Toronto, and I was wrong. But <laughs> it's not. Wait, the Mall of America is not the largest no. mall in North America. No, no. What? I forgot where it was, but I just I didn't know. But uh, Big T asking her questions last week with her being terrified, and having to answer them about American stuff. That it's not really fair. Yeah, it wasn't fair to her. But she is very smart. And her and CT tried to put together this puzzle, mem- remember, uh, memorize this puzzle, and remember what they had seen, and they were just off. Know who got there to do the puzzle first, though? Josh and Nani, because they're idiots. They're dumb. Anyway, moving on, we see that Nam and Lolo are not working well together. They're fighting, they're arguing, and we know that there's going to be some kind of disillusion to the situation. Well, they're... Fire and ice, as Nam said. As Nam said, he's correct. Yeah, I, I was thinking oil and water, but... Fire and ice, same, same, they don't go together. They don't, yeah. And it's funny because, as CT said a couple episodes ago, if they can get their shit together, they'd be unstoppable. I think they were, like, also dating. Oh, there, the there was definitely interest early on. I think, they're still, I think they were dating throughout because as they were arguing, we're going to get to... I want to talk in depth about Lolo and Nam. I want to talk in depth about a lot of them at the end of this. Okay, so... Um, Devin and Gabby win the daily challenge. Mm-hmm. Devin's drunk with power. He says it multiple times. I yeah. love it. I because Devin's a schemer. He's a schemer, and he, but he's also a vengeful schemer. The the big brother sucks VIP lounge. Yes, he's enjoyed vengeful. it. Vengeful. So going after Josh, going after Fessy, those are his prime goals. And mm-hmm. now that he has a little bit of power, it's all he wants to do. Correct. It was to his detriment, though, because he was not listening to his partner and it's a teammate. It's a team, it's a, a team thing. I, I agree with you, but I don't because I feel like when him and Gabby were arguing, Gabby refused to meet him in the middle. That was when they were, when were, they, uh, when they were having that conversation later on. Mm-hmm. She was just frustrated. I understand she was frustrated, but it was Devin's coming from the, 
I want to put these people in because I don't want to risk my skull. So I don't want to go down there because we don't know because it's even numbers right now, whether it's a guy's day or a girl's day. Mm-hmm. Gabby's saying it's probably going to be a girl's day because there's skulls available and this will be my opportunity to get my skull because I get to see the game and I get to see who I'm going against. So, so when you say that he wasn't, um, she wasn't meeting him in the middle, where is the middle of I want to go in and him saying I don't? So he said, look, I will give you, like, it doesn't have to be Josh and Nani. Like I'm saying, sitting here saying it has to be Josh and I. It doesn't have to be Josh and Nani were his words. What if we do so-and-so? She says, no, that's a non-starter. Well, what if we do so-and-so? No, that's a non-starter. Because her goal was to get herself down there. But he was trying to meet her in the middle of, because he did say, look, if we get there and we find out it's a girl's day and you think you could win. Then you can go down there. Then you can go down there. But if we get there and find out it's a girl's day and you don't think you can win, who would you want to put in? And that's where she wouldn't meet him. But it, that took a long time to get there. A it did long, take a long Much longer than it he, should have. He was being a, a dumbass, but she also wasn't helping. Because she wanted, she wanted to go down I, there. And mm-hmm. I don't, and I say all this not thinking she was wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, she is very much in the right of, I should go down. I want to go down. To hell with your skull, Devin. And I'm surprised that she didn't take the time. Like, this week, she could have made the power play of, I'm not going to agree with what you say about who's going in, and we're just going to figure out what TJ does. Because they've been speculating for a while that if the partners don't agree on who goes down, they go down. If you really want to go down, force the issue. You can't, though, because you still need to have a good relationship. It's still ultimately a social game because you got to have people on your side. But you can't get away from Devin if you don't win anything. True. Like, at this point, she thinks if Fessy wins and picks a new partner, Fessy's going to pick her. But nobody's throwing Fessy down there again. Not if I can help it, no. And if somebody throws Anissa down there and Anissa comes back, she's picking Fessy again. Yeah. So the only way she's getting a Fessy is if she goes down and wins a skull. So she still needs to go down there. And that's what I say. I don't think she's wrong in what she's saying. And I don't think she's wrong in not meeting him in the middle. But she wasn't meeting him in the middle. And he came over 40%. Yeah, but she had to come to another 60. He came over maybe 50%. <laughs> but she, she didn't come over any percent. And like you said, she's not wrong, though, in my opinion, for that. Because she needs to get a skull. Yeah. And Devin is holding her back from that. Yeah. Which is why I'm saying this would have been the week to force the issue because you don't know how many chances you have left. Especially because TJ, like, although they, TJ has said you can steal skulls, numbers are getting slim. Mm-hmm. You got to do it sooner rather than later. And it's interesting because I thought for sure it was going to be a girl's day mm-hmm. based on the numbers. So if I'm in the house, I would have been like, it's alternating, right? Yeah. So at this point, it should alternate back again because it's been back to back, back to back, back to back, back to back. Mm -hmm. So since we just sent Teresa home, it's going to be a girl's day. Correct. Because Cam got a skull. Yes. Leroy got a skull. Mm -hmm. So then who who would next? 
Josh got his last goal. Josh got a goal against Michi. Yeah. And then Teresa went in. Yeah. So girl, guy, guy, girl, girl, guy, guy, girl. Like that's how it went. I don't think it's going to. I think after this one, because it was, it ended up being girls. It's going to be girl, then guy, then girl to put the last goal on a girl. I don't think so. Cause I think, cause at this point, so like, let's say, um, the next one's a guy, it has to be a guy one, right? Mm-hmm. Cause Corey has to get a partner. A partner. Yeah. So two guys are going to go in. One guy's going to go home. Right. When they do it again, it doesn't make sense to have another guy rogue agent. It would make sense to have another girl rogue agent because then you could set reset that back up for the swing back for everybody. Yeah. So, I and that's this is what I would have parsed out if I'm in the house, right? Mm-hmm. This is the numbers. This is how they break down. So I don't know why they thought, not that they thought, why Devin was. It, it's Devin's a very smart guy. Devin, Devin was adamant it was going to be a guy's day, and he just wanted Josh. He, he doesn't yeah. necessarily know it's guy's day. He was adamant that he wanted Josh in there. Yeah. Also. Devin doesn't have the political sway to convince people to do what he wants them to do. No. People don't like him. Right. And I don't know why. I mean, I know why. Because he's annoying. Yeah. But he's, like, funny annoying. Yeah. So he's, like, I would just be, like, I would literally, if I'm in that house, I would sit there and just laugh at him. I would be Kyle. Right? Yeah. I would be Kyle laughing at how ridiculous Devin is. Yeah. But knowing that he's ultimately harmless and is here to have a good time. Harmless and low-key working with him. Yeah. And then Josh is just, like, annoying, annoying. Mm-hmm. Like he's always where you don't want him to be, and his fighting with Devin, it's annoying because Devin has made it very clear I don't want you near me. It, and it's all he does is antagonize. But it's funny because Josh is in there hulking out all the time, but uh, he wouldn't bust a grape in a fruit fight. No, he wouldn't. He's he's soft baby poop. <laughs> that's what he is. That's who he is. Yeah, and that's that's just what Josh Martinez is. So they. Go and they have a conversation. They go into the deliberation. Um, Amber, I don't know. I don't know how Corey did it, but Thrill said it best. Corey has convinced her yeah. it was a good idea for her to throw herself in. Well, she decided it was a good idea to throw her in herself in. Lolo also begged to be thrown in, but Lolo wanted to go in because she's having problems in her relationship, and she wanted to. Be away from Nam. Yeah. Which, if I'm in the house and I'm in deliberations and I'm voting, as a female, I'm never throwing Lolo in. Because I don't think I can beat her. And that's exactly what, that's exactly what um, Gabby said. Yeah. And as a, as a guy, I'm not voting Lolo in because Lolo can pick who she wants to be with. And I don't know if she's going to pick me. But as a guy, if I go in and I win and I'm not feeling my partner, I'm picking Lolo. It just makes the most sense. It makes the most So no one is sending Lolo in because right. it, it doesn't make sense. Because of, of the women left, she's probably the most feared in an elimination. I mean, how could she not be? She's an Olympian. She, she's an just, Olympian. Won, she just won a world championship last week doing a women's bobsled. Yes. Two, two women bobsled. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So she constantly trains. Mm-hmm. She's constantly ready to go. So, no, I wouldn't want to do that. But Amber and Corey were the easy answer because Amber, they've been saying Amber's a layup anyway. So it's time to get her out of here, basically. Yep. So Amber goes down there. Amber M goes down there. And Gabby 
is as it's, it's a hall brawl. It's very obviously a hall brawl. Mm-hmm. There's things set up. There's balls on the, each side. TJ asks Gabby, does she want to go down there? And she said, yeah. And she says, no. Well, she said, yeah, I want to go, but we don't know. And she didn't go, not because she didn't know what it was, but because she's friends with Amber Am, and Devin has convinced her. I don't know how Devin did it, but he convinced her it wasn't a good idea for her to go down there. Yeah. My favorite part, though, was that Nani was psyched to go down there because she thought that she was going to be thrown in because Devin hates Big Brother. And they swerve and blindside Amber B and sit down Amber B and Darrell. Yeah. Josh then yells at Devin. Because he's a big dumb idiot. Yeah. How dare you? I mentally prepared for this all day. <laughs> Nani was ready to go. Nani was ready to go. He's so stupid. So dumb. And then Devin's like, that's great. I'm not giving you what you want. Yeah. Because I'm glad you're mentally prepared to go. Because yeah. you're not going down there. I, just, I think it's funny that Josh is sitting here like, he has to spend all day getting hyped up. And then when he doesn't get to go in, he gets upset. Yeah. Number one, why do you t- need 24 hours to get hyped up? Because <laughs> you got to get that mental space, Siege. I, I can get in that mental space real quick. Like, and not Josh. He's got to sit there. He's got to visualize. He's do you, annual, analyze. Do you think that he has like a playlist that he listens to in the house and he has to listen to the entire playlist before? Like, is I'm he, not ready otherwise. Yeah. Is he like, li- is he otherwise. in there like listening to Enya? before <laughs> like, like stay away stay away and then that's how he gets ready i have no idea but he, he's so dumb so dumb it, it's it's <laughs> ridiculous to me and i <laughs> it, it just makes me laugh yeah it just makes me laugh so they they don't sit down honey so Corey has now successfully gotten Amber to think it's a good idea to go in. She's psyched ready to go. Devin has successfully gotten Gabby to think it's not a good idea to go in. She instantly regrets this. And Darrell and Amber are confused as to why they're going in. Because <laughs> yeah, she thought they were cool. Yeah. Well, just, no, she didn't think they were cool. She, she said, I gave Gabby a heads up last time that she wasn't going in. Yeah. She could have gave me a heads up that I was. Just confused. Which is fair. Confusion all around. So Darrell and, and Amber B go down there. Turns out it's the girl elimination day like expected because yep. especially once you saw the hall brawl and you know that they're redoing comps. Yep. But with the opposite gender. Yep. It was a good, it was a safe bet that it was a girl's day. Yeah. Which is funny because Amber didn't B. know this. She's a rugby player. Amber B. Yeah. Amber B is a rugby player. It was funny because um, one of the greatest shout outs was Nam said, I'm, I'm cheering for Amber. Yep. Which is great because Amber M versus Amber B. But yes, Amber B, rugby player, runs through Amber M the first time. Amber M ate a knee to the face the first time. It concussed her. Oh, 100%. So they were like commenting on how poorly she did um, for the rest of the way. Uh-huh. And I, I think she was, I legitimately think she was concussed because she took a head collision. She, she took a knee to the head. She goes down. Uh huh. She gets up, scrambles a little bit, barely gets to the balls. Yeah. Comes back, drops the ball, continues to go after she dropped the ball, meets Amber B again, gets and, hit again, and just kind of hangs on. Yeah. And so I, I think that she definitely had a concussion of some sort. I haven't been able to verify this. She was definitely rocked. But she was definitely rocked and had to continue to compete. Yeah. 
So shouts to Amber Martinez for trying to get it done. I mean, I expected Amber B to just drag her out of the hall and continue going back and forth at her leisure. Because that's kind of what happened, though. Yeah. And she went back. She, she, I think that was pretty much in real time because she went back and forth and got it done. But with that being the case, we now have another person with the gold skull in Amber B. A.K.A. the only Amber now. Last A.K.A. Amber. Amber. <laughs> yeah. Is she still Amber B or is she just Amber now? She's Amber. She's probably still Amber B, but Amber. Yeah. So Amber has, has a gold skull. Darrell, she's, she gets the opportunity to change partners. Mm-hmm. As soon as TJ says, you have the opportunity to change partners, so do you want to stay with Darrell? She says, stop right there. We're going to keep it right there. Yeah, I'm not surprised. My favorite was Corey turns to her and opens his arms. She said, nope, definitely not you. <laughs> definitely not you. Someone else is about to go home. Corey's a black widow. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, he loses another partner. He's once again a free agent. Everything has kind of worked out. Mm-hmm. Gabby instantly regrets not going down there and rocking Amber M herself, but that was her friend. And she's also pissed at Devin for allowing herself to be manipulated. Yeah, fall under his spell. And that is, I believe, the synopsis of the show. So they did the preview for next week on. And one of the things that they left us with is there's another security breach. I think Lolo's going to go home. She doesn't seem to be in a right mental state at the moment. She doesn't seem to be in a right mental state. And I think she kind of sees the writing on the wall of no one is going to send her into elimination because they don't want her to win. And she doesn't think Nam is going to pick someone else. So if you can't get away from them and you can't get a skull, what's the point of staying? So I want to do a deep dive real quick into their relationship because when we first see them out there, when we first see them out there, they're talking about, they're sitting down eating and mm-hmm. they're talking about him being stubborn, but willing to fold for someone in Germany. Did yeah. you re- recognize that? Yeah. And then Lolo said, because he said he would do it for someone in Germany. And, and she, she said, said she lives in Germany. I live in Germany. Yeah. Because I think that they were talking about, I don't think that was obviously from this week. I think that was from earlier, but they're talking about their relationship continuing after the show. Well, early on in the show, it was, they very much portrayed them as love interest and then they dropped the storyline. Mm-hmm. So I think it didn't work as planned. I think so, too. I think that was part of it. I think and they fight like two people who are real familiar. Yes. It's two people that are like that know each other. They spend a lot of time together. Yeah. And I think they did. I think that there was a lot of of a love story that was happening that we were not watching. Yeah. Because then she talks about us working outside of here mm-hmm. and he doesn't shut it down as if it wasn't something that had been talked about. Right. But he talks about them working primarily as a team on the show. She talked about them working as a team off the show. Yeah, because, like, especially in the challenge where they had to carry the pill five miles, she talks about, like, I need more support from this in a teammate. And I told the future wife, I said, look, like, the way that he, she's talking to him, that's not how you talk to someone who's on your team. That's how you talk to a partner, like, romantic partner. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand the fact that you want your teammates to be cheerleaders, but you can't expect your teammate to carry that kind of emotional baggage. Which is why when she breaks down towards the end of the episode at the deliberation, I think that was the end of her relationship. Yeah. I think they broke up. And famously, Lolo is a virgin till marriage. Yeah. And um, 
relationships have always seemed to be an Achilles heel for her, she says herself. So I think that she was seeing this as another failed relationship that she attempted to do. I think her problem with relationships from limited experience watching her on TV is she's too much of an alpha. And I don't think that's a bad thing to be an alpha, but I think for her it ends up being a problem because since she usually is around male athletes, a lot of male athletes are also alphas. So it's probably difficult for her to find relationships that work because you're constantly butting heads. Right. And with that being the case, it's especially because she's so intense. Yes. And like not in like a bad way, but she she loves hard. She loves hard. She competes hard. She's always with the hard emotions. Yeah. So with that being the case, I think when she's sitting there, she's like, me and Nam are not working out. Um, I need a, I, I want to switch partners. I need to go in so I can switch partners. Can you guys do me this favor? Yeah. They don't. And all it does is just break her. So I think the security breach, I think Lola leaves. I hope Lola comes back. I hope she comes back because she's a fantastic challenger. But I, I hope that she continues to do the challenge because I think this is really up her alley. I do too. I think, but I do believe that security breach, Lolo leaves, we get Amber back. You think Amber comes back? I think Teresa's already at home at that point. True. I think, so I think the way that the security breaches are working is once you're eliminated, you stay until the next person is eliminated. Which is why I think Ashley was the one that came back on the first security breach. Mm-hmm. So I think it's you're in lieu because you can get back in. And then once we have a new standby, you actually go home. So, but I think that's my prediction. I think it's a solid prediction for what's going to happen next week. And I think you're right about them actually dating and not working out. Because otherwise I wouldn't see Lola being so emotional. Right. About it. I think they like legitimately broke up. But I do think that Lola also struggles with losing. Oh, I know that. But I don't think, like, even, even though knowing Lolo struggles with losing, I don't think she takes it this hard. So, yeah. I mean, she lost in the Olympics. Losing in the challenge isn't that big of a deal. True. Comparatively. Comparatively, I don't see the challenge weighing on her the same way that, like, not accomplishing the lifelong dream of winning a gold medal would. Yeah. And again, I only know her from what I've seen on TV, but this is just speculation. I, 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 can, I can get with that. I can get with that. I can get with that. You know, do you know where she would be great, though? Transition? The Bachelor. Oh, man. <laughs> Hasn't she aged out already? Yes, yes. We have gotten... We are now in the hometown stretch of the show. The... Bachelor has gotten down to four. It's one of my favorite weeks all season. I like to refer to it as the purge. Or cut down week. It's like cut day. Yeah. It's like cut day in the NFL, right? Yeah. We went from eight to four. Real fast. Actually, the episode, we went from 10 to four. That's true. Actually, we went 11 11 to to four. four. So Heather showed up. Mm -hmm. Um, We needed to record an episode last week. Heather pulled up in a minivan. She was only there for a few hours. Yep. Matt James in her home, center packing. Makes sense. Why would you bring in a girl this late in the game when you've been telling all these other women you see your wife in the room? Mm-hmm. Like it's 
insulting to them and they're not going to believe the the like they're not going to believe in the relationship if you're allowing someone to come in this that'd be mad disrespectful i mean like it's one thing if it was sarah coming back like someone has already been there yeah but we don't know who this girl is and someone that left right yeah not someone that was like you said sarah someone had left and they like made a made a mistake yeah but like this girl came out of nowhere and then interrupts piper's date and piper was hot piper was mad about it she was mad about it so she interrupts piper thing piper gets mad the girls slander her slander heather mm-hmm. um a lot of people consider that bullying but i was okay with it i didn't think it was bullying because they were venting their emotions mm-hmm. and i understand the frustration of how are you coming in here when we've been here for weeks and now you just come in here and you're getting the one-on-one time and you're trying to stick around. And the main reason I don't consider it bullying, even though they were straight up mean to her is it wasn't extended. Like if she would have stayed and then they kept doing it, they were definitely bullying her. But I think this was just a confrontation of like, you're trying to take this away from me, which I don't think is bullying. I think it's a venting of emotion. Because all those women, they shaped up as soon as uh, Heather got walked out. Mm-hmm. They said what they had to say while they were upset. Then Heather left, and then they were calm again. True. And they, they went right back to like a regularly scheduled program. Yeah. So he gets rid of Heather there. He goes to the rose ceremony and gets rid of Chelsea and somebody else. Who else did he get rid of? Serena. And let Serena me tell C. you. Serena C. Serena C. Finally, I was, finally I had, she went. I had confetti. I had noise poppers. It looked like New Year's Eve in my house. <laughs> she was gone. Chelsea, though, uh, stand the queen. She was there for a long time. She was living in her truth. I loved her being there. You know what's funny? Because we talked about it early, early on. When was, when was Black Twitter going to come after him if he got rid of Chelsea? And I don't think they were that upset. No. Like, she stayed around long enough to do her thing, and he moved on from her. Mm-hmm. So. Good for him. But Black Twitter's still going to come after him as we talk about this more. Right. So I, 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 I see Chelsea go. I see, I see um, Serena C go. And I'm like, okay, cool. We're down to eight. We have Piper left. Mm-hmm. We have Kit left. We have Bree. We have Michelle. We have Abigail. We have Serena P. We have Rachel. Mm-hmm. And we have... Forgetting one more girl. Someone. Forgetting one more girl. Anyway. Yeah. Did we say Kit? Oh, Jacinia. We have Jacinia left. Uh, well, of course you forget forgettable Jacinia. <laughs> we, we didn't get a chance to talk last week about everything that's been happening in Bachelor Nation over the last week. Couple weeks. Rachel Kirkconnell has basically come out as a racist. Well, she hasn't, but the internet has outed her. Right. Chris Harrison did everything he could to do mental gymnastics to help save the one white girl that's on the show. Yeah. And including defending her to Rachel Lindsay. Who was the only African-American bachelor or bachelorette up until this season. She's the face of black bachelor nation. Correct. And he decided to Rachel Lindsay's face to defend racism, essentially. Yeah. By saying we need to move on and be more gracious and forgiving. And Rachel said, Mm-mm, that's not how it works. And after that happened, um, 
the rest of the girls of color. There was 25 women of color that was on the season. Which is uh, crazy. I, like, that doesn't happen. Right. And I loved it. Most diverse cast that they've ever had. Right. 25 women of color um, all posted on their Instagram that they stand with Rachel Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Rachel Gurkhanal also came out and said, uh, I have made mistakes in my past and a nice form thing. She did. She followed the Morgan Wallen route and said, don't forgive me. Um, I need to. I got to do better. I got to do better. Chris Harrison also stepped away. So here's the thing with Rachel Kirkconnell. Unlike Morgan Wallen, where it was overt and out in public, people had to dig up the stuff on Rachel. So first it came out that people that said they went to high school with her said she used to shame them for dating black guys. So that all came out. And there was many corroborating stories on Instagram. Then some photos surfaced of her attending a antebellum Old South theme party. And Chris Harrison tried to justify it and said, oh, well, that was, you know, it was in the past. It was years ago. It was in 2018. Two years ago. I mean, not like five. He said like five. Yeah. No, it was in 2018. You knew better then. You knew that that probably wasn't a good idea. Dude, that, that party was outlawed by the frat and they decided to do it anyway. Well, by the school, but yeah, the frat did it anyway. So probably a bad idea. And then when everyone is confronting you and calling you out online, you go radio silent, which unfortunately, but it's true. No denial is admitting you did it. Like you never said, this isn't me. This isn't happen. I'm pretty sure she's guilty of it and based on the reaction of chris harrison and everything that's gone on i'm pretty sure she wins Mm -hmm. which as we're about to talk about the episode but just know that in the great purge he eliminated yesenia so first he goes and has a a one-on-one date with serena serena P. p Made her super uncomfortable. Made her extremely uncomfortable. That was just a, that was a misstep on his part. He just wasn't well, reading the room. But here's the thing. So for their one-on-one date, the daytime activity is tantric yoga, which he says, you know, I've wanted to do this for a while. Why not do it with a yogi? In their time together, she has said she is not comfortable with PDA. Tantric yoga is practicing sex poses with your clothes on. Why would you do that with someone who's not comfortable with PDA? He did not listen to her. Exactly, because what is he? He's a, a fuckboy. Exactly. He's a fuckboy. So he's, he goes through that. He does that. She expresses to him how uncomfortable she was, which mad props to her for standing up to The Bachelor. He gave her the rose. Yeah. She's not that into him, and we're going to talk about that when we break down the final four real fast. Yeah. So then next we have a group date. Mm-hmm. Bree lets him know that she quit her job to be there for him. Poor Bree. Poor, I'm so sad she did this. Kit lets him know that if she's, she feels something strongly here, and if he doesn't feel the same, she's, she's not really, doesn't know what to, where to put herself. Well, also, he needs to wait until she's an old maid to, you know, have kids because she still wants to graduate school. She still wants to travel. She's before, 21 years old. Because she wants to settle down and have kids when she's an old maid at 25. Yeah. <laughs> four years she's a 21 year old fashion 
mogul almost. Yes. Right? Because she's worth money. Her family's worth money. She has an in the hundreds of millions of dollars. In the fashion industry, she has an in. Which we didn't talk about it, but when one of her hardships was going to parties in Bentleys, you <laughs> she does not have a realistic worldview. Right. And that's just, and that's fine. That's yeah. fine. She's she's been very blessed. And she's twenty one. She's twenty one years old, been very blessed. He talks to Abigail and says that his bad, he didn't give her a one-on-one because he had her on the back burner because he felt a strong connection. And then shockingly, other relationships ended up doing better. Which I don't think in the history of this show, and I've only watched since Juan Pablo's season. In the limited history you've watched. I've only watched since Juan Pablo's season. But in the limit in the history of the show, I don't think anyone has ever gotten a first impression rose and never got a one on one. I don't know if that's the case either. That's, that's that crazy. happened now. And he didn't give her any one on one time and he walks Abigail out at the date. Yeah. Which was a shocker. But it makes all the sense because if you know you're not gonna pick her, why string her Correct. Wrong? Correct. So we get all that happening, right? We then head to the part where he gives the rose away and he gives it to Rachel. Well, he didn't do your favorite thing of every episode. Oh, so Matt James has been like doing like a winner placing show. He <laughs> goes there and he says, you did a great job. You took third. You, though you were fantastic, you took second. But the winner tonight is X person. And gives them the rose. So we saw three, three stories. I thought that's what we were going to do. I thought we were going to get Rachel in third. Mm-hmm. We we're going to get Kit in second. And then Bree telling him that she quit her job to, to be, be there. Yeah. I thought he was going to give her the rose. Instead, he just gives it to Rachel. And didn't even talk about second and third place. There the was one, no podium this week. The one that's quite possibly a racist. Mm-hmm. Him as the Black Bachelor is the one. That's the one he gave it to. Yep. Fine, fine. Moving on. Cool, 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 cool. Kit comes to his home. That night. That night to let him know that she's leaving. He's like, but stay though. And she's like, but no though, because I needed some reaff- uh, reaffirm that this is something happening here. And it's very obvious that you're going to pick Rachel. Yep. It's very obvious that you're feeling Rachel and she's ahead of me. So I'm going to go ahead and get out. Yep. So that leaves us with six girls. Mm-hmm. The girl that got a one-on-one date, the second one-on-one date was Jacenia. Who we forgot about because she was ultimately forgettable. Right. And that's not a shot at Jacinia. They just didn't edit her well. Because you see when she was on the screen, she brought some fire. The, I mean, the, unfortunately for her, her biggest storyline was her two-on-one. Well, her fight with MJ. But they don't even show her going to Matt to complain about the treatment that MJ has been. They also don't even show her getting the rose. Yeah. She just walks in the room with it after yeah. the two-on-one date. So he obviously wasn't feeling her that much. So they go on this another fun date. His fun dates mean that they're going home. Romantic dates mean that they're going to get a rose. That's true. Poor but, Katie. She's a queen. Yeah, but he gives um, Jacinia a date in a race car. And my biggest complaint is that when Matt is sending these girls home by not giving them rose, he keeps picking up the rose, talking with the rose in his hand, and then telling them why he can't give it to them. Yeah, he like twirls it in their face. Leave the rose on the table, my guy. <laughs> Just tell them. Just tell them, listen. It's not working out, but don't pick up the rose and think you're about to hand it to him. That's what he did because Jacinia's eyes got wide because she was stoked and yeah. then it didn't happen. 
Yeah, so, it's it's like the Geico commercial. They're like, oh, you almost got it. You yep, got to be quicker. Got to be quicker than that. Yeah. So now we're down to five. Rachel has a rose. Serena P has a rose. Yeah. Piper, Bree, and Michelle are left. Mm-hmm. Three beautiful black women mm-hmm. are left. He gives, why at this point does he not just pull the one away and send her home? Yeah, can I talk to you for a minute? That's all you got to do. Because I know that that breaks the format of the show in this one row ceremony, but this is mad disrespectful as people of color. Yeah. Right? You, you legitimately embarrassed Piper by sending her home in this fashion. And the worst part... You already walked out three other girls this episode. Mm-hmm. You couldn't do her the decency of just pulling her aside and telling her, I'm not going to be picking you tonight. So here's the worst part about him going through with the rose ceremony and not giving Piper a rose is you put Piper in a no-win situation. Because... She's actually there for you. She's actually feeling you. And you break up with her. But because you do it in such a public forum in front of everyone else, and then you expect her to handle it with grace. Like, I don't have to be graceful. You just dump me in front of a whole bunch of people. And you didn't have the decency to give me my privacy. So, like, you could have pulled me to the side. You could have talked to me. You could have walked me to my limo. I could have kept my tears to myself. So now you're upset. And, like, not even you. Twitter is upset because Piper didn't handle it with Grace because she basically stormed out, hopped in the limo, didn't say anything to him. She doesn't owe him anything because he just dumped her. And the hard part is that this is the format of the show, yes. But you don't normally send three girls home before you get to the rose ceremony. If one other girl is there to go home with them, go home with, with her. It's fine. It's, this is not an issue. Yeah. This is not an issue. But since there wasn't another girl to go home, it was just the one. This, this is terrible. It's a bad look. Right. It's a bad look all around. And that's what he did to Piper. Mm-hmm. So I stand with her. I'm a fan. I've been a fan since day one. She went not as far as I thought she was going to go because she's gorgeous. She's super sweet. Mm-hmm. She's very smart. I thought Piper was going to be the next one for Matt, but she's not. So Twitter... was very quick you you had black twitter who was already playing matchmaker two favorites for piper's uh next date are easy and ivan i can get behind either of them both great dudes man i want to see her with eric though eric bigger man i like that dude i'm a big ivan fan ivan was great he's a rocket scientist he was a great dude piper i can see it hey if you're interested piper let him know because i'm sure he's interested so we get down to four we have Brie, your favorite to win. You know, it's funny because Brie is my favorite to win. But, like, I picked her in our preview with the first time I seen her, and I pretty much forgot about her. Mm. Which, she's in the background, and you could tell she's a strong contender. But, like, this edit isn't doing her any favors. Correct. We got Serena P, who I picked to win. And then I had her going to final to hometowns when I was looking at the, uh, the mm-hmm. preview in our preview pod. And uh, she's there at hometowns. Yep. We have Michelle, Dark Horse. Didn't see her coming out of nowhere. Well, she also wasn't there the first few weeks. Correct. And then we have Rachel. Yep. We Which, talked extensively about Rachel. Michelle, uh, in the uh, credits ep- 
you know, post credits episode or scene part. She's like, oh, we're about to be on camera. Like, Let me bang out these push-ups. <laughs> and I was like, I don't understand why she's here. Like, I don't understand why Piper didn't get the rose. And then they showed that. I was like, okay, I understand why she got she's a rose funny. now. She's yeah. good to be around. She seems like good energy. I think Matt's going to mess this up. So when I say that black Twitter is still going to come from him, he has three black women. Well, two, two black women and an Indian woman. Or two, he has three women of color. And he has a racist. And that's the hard part, right? Is that it's not just like a white woman. It's like, it's a racist white Rachel woman. Rachel has had problems with race throughout her life. Mm-hmm. They're pulling up her family's voting record and things her family has stood by. She's traditionally Southern, if you will. Yep. The things that she has done in her own past that have come to light yep. through TikTok and whatnot has made this an even worse choice. If you have Kit there over Rachel, no one's too upset. I mean, Black Twitter's still going to come after him, they but don't. it's different. I think they do, but it's different. Um, I don't think so. I, think, I don't think they come after him like that, like, like they're going to. Not like they're going. I think they're going, like, if it was Kit, they would say something. But if it's Rachel, they're coming to his house. Because the there's, there's two things that are going to be said, right? If it's Kit, they're like, man, you picked the one white girl? Yeah, but like. But she rich, though. She's rich. If it's Rachel, like, they're going to dox you him. pick the, the racist. Yeah. Like, you pick the racist. I, I think, uh, unfortunately, Matt's going to have to break up with her. The worst part is, is we probably should have seen this coming because they said he's probably going to pick somebody that looks like his mom. She's not racist, though. I said looks like, not acts like. Yeah, they did say that. <laughs> they did say that. I mean, that's what Tyler said. That's what Tyler said. Yeah. And here it is. I just, it's... It's disheartening. Yep, disappointing. But we'll be watching to the end, though. We'll be watching to the end, and And, I'll be mad the whole time. And we will have some Twitter looks as soon as it's done. Oh yeah, we should probably get our we should get our favorite tweets ready. Yeah, because it's gonna be it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be bad for them at the end. It's gonna be real bad. But we're gonna be there through the end. CJ, American Idol started this week. So you told me we're gonna cover American Idol on the show. Yes, because it's a competition show. Fun fact, I've never actually sat down and what? watched American Idol. What? So like, Wait I've, a minute. So not during Tamara Tamar Gray and Kelly Clarkson's first season, Justin Guarini? I, I know who these people are. Uh-huh. My family watched American Idol, but like, it's been on in my periphery and in my background, but I've never sat down and said, I'm going to watch so American Idol. you're telling me during Ruben Stutter season, season two, you didn't watch? You know he still does gospel and he actually sings Luther Vandross songs now? That makes sense. He's a big, big velvet teddy bear. Yeah. Uh, nope, didn't watch that. During Fantasia season, you didn't watch? Nope. During? Jennifer Hudson. Jennifer and, Hudson's uh, Carrie season. Underwood? Nope. Carrie Underwood season, though. Nope. Taylor Hicks? Nope. All these people. Crystal Bowersox? Nope. So I, have, so I personally have not watched American Idol for a whole season since, I believe, season 10 when Scotty McCreary and Lauren Elena were the final two, and they were like 17 and 16 Piece. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Lauren Elena. Didn't, didn't, didn't know she was on Idol until I saw her in concert and she came talked about being on American Idol. I was like, huh, didn't know you're on American Idol. I just like your music. She came in second to Scotty McCreary. Okay. Scotty McCreary won that season. I knew Scotty McCreary was going to win for the first time I saw him because he has a real like, deep voice. He mm-hmm. has a real, real deep voice. And he was like 17. Like Josh Turner? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no. He's singing Josh Turner's song. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. He's singing Josh Turner's song on, the, on his opening. Um, on his audition, mm-hmm. and it sounded like Josh Turner, and he was, like I said, 17 years old. So that's the last season I watched. Okay. Since then, they've revived it 
twice-ish. Like, they brought... I didn't watch any of the episodes with, I think, uh, Nicki Minaj or anything or Mariah Carey or whatever. Oh, so when it was, like, the final seasons on Fox? Mm -hmm. And then I also didn't watch this new revival with Luke Bryan and... On ABC. And Lionel Richie. But we were watching this season. So we are watching this season. So it, I'm coming in with fresh perspective because I know how the show works. I know what the show looks like, but I've never watched the show. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting to watch because like, I don't know what happened to the show last year because of COVID. Like, I don't know how they wrapped that season up. Did they do it on video? Whatever. This is fresh. But to me, I'm watching and the format is very different from what it normally looks like. And you can see it in the auditions because it's not just thousands of people lined up to audition for idol it's video packages so it looks like for lack of a better term an nbc show so like how on ninja warrior on the wall or any of those shows when you get the sob story you're getting the intro this is me this is who i am i'm on here because this is my sob story and then they go and meet the judges so you already know all about them which in that video package it has them singing so you know what they sound like so it takes away the surprise that you normally get in the audition so like Carrie Underwood's audition tape which I have seen she goes in you're like oh you know who's this waif of a girl and then she blows you away with her voice and she's nothing to what she is now but that raw power in her voice was there then Fantasia with that like sweet sleepy voice it surprises you. You don't get surprised now. It takes that away. So you already know what to expect. So now you're looking for the judge's reaction. The other problem is if you're getting a video package, I'm pretty sure you're moving on. Because all the people who didn't move on were basically in a montage and didn't get a video package. That's reality TV. It's, it is, but it takes away the joy of, you know, the surprise of you're going to Hollywood. So they go through, I didn't think there was really anyone who stood out. Um, You had Jason Moyer, who apparently was on an earlier season, and they told him no, and he came back, and he was really good, but like, it was really strong gospel feel. The one that I actually want to talk about this week is Claudia Conway, who was Kellyanne Conway's daughter. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So on her audition, she comes, she sings her first song, I forget what the song was, but like 30 seconds in, they cut her off. Say, stop singing. That song was not for her. The song was too big for her. Um, They didn't want to hear it. I didn't know because I don't watch Idol. Everyone has to prepare two songs. Oh. So they say, well, what's your second song? Tell her to do her second song. Tell her to go for it. She talks about how she was nervous for the first song. They tell her to take off her shoes if her heels make her nervous, whatever, yada, yada, yada. She does her second song. And she... I wouldn't say she kills it, but she did well. Like the biggest problem with Claudia Conway when I'm watching is she's TikTok good, but she's not American Idol good. Okay. But she, she's, she's 16 and she sounds like a 16 year old. This isn't a knock on her. I don't think she's bad, but I don't think she's ready for this. They let her go on and they gave her some fair criticism. And Katy Perry said no, but the guys, Lionel and Luke, said yeah, so she moves on. Um, so I guess George Conway will be spending some time in Hollywood with uh, Claudia because <laughs> her and Kellyanne don't really get along. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, they don't. Um, 
but it was just interesting to watch because I think she got through based on her TikTok following. I don't okay. think she got through because of her talent. And she was one of them that got a video package. So I knew she, I was pretty sure she was going on. But like even listening to her, I don't I don't think she makes it to the final 12. I think she goes to Hollywood, doesn't make the final cut. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm very interested to see this season because I know the format is different. So I'm be, I will have fresh eyes of like, what does this look like? Because this is a first for me. Did anyone else stand out to you? It's hard because I don't think there were that many super special voices this episode. Um, but it's also hard because you're getting the video packages and everything, which doesn't give you the chance to be blown away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the girl that went last, uh, I think her name was Grace Kinsler, was probably the best one. Okay. Uh, with Jason Warrior, just his name, Jason Warrior, great name, uh, was probably number two. Um, but his was more of like a, uh, I've, heard, I've heard that voice in church so many times. You know, growing right. up Southern Baptist, it's, yeah, you're a good singer, but I know this voice. But you're like a church singer. You're a church, yeah, he's saying What's Going On by Marvin Gaye. So like, it was really good, and he took it and he made it his, like uh, what Luke Bryan said. But I don't think, like, it, it's hard because I'm watching Eric, American Idol the same way that I watch The Voice because I actually did watch one season of The Voice. I watched Cassidy Pope's season. And American Idol is about finding someone who will sell. The Voice is about finding the best singer. And I don't think anyone who was on this week's episode will sell. So that's how I view it. We're going to be watching closely. We're going to try to find, see if we can figure out who wins. I'm also curious how the voting is going to work this season because, like, are you keeping all these people in quarantine for 12 weeks? Or did you pre record it and it's just the judge's choice? Um, that's a good question. Or do, you, or do they perform on Zoom? Yeah. Like, I don't know how this is going to work. It's I'm assuming they don't quarantine. I'm assuming you're going to come in, you're going to swab for like three days. And it's a very, like, hands off performance type deal but they're still going to be living in la the whole time probably yeah well i mean you're gonna have I bobby guess they are already quarantined well bobby bones is still the mentor so he's still going to be working with them so does he work with them over zoom or does he work with them probably works person? with them over zoom not in person you know what they probably do quarantine because they i think they are already quarantined right because you had them you're going to hollywood they all like lived in a place in the early seasons yeah and they were not like walking the streets that's true so it's the same idea, I guess. And then you just performed in a closed set. You don't have any kind of uh, fans there to watch or anything like that. And this season, it'd be real easy because all the kids are already doing virtual classes. <laughs> right. So then you don't have to even worry about that for the youngins. Yep. So I think that's what you end up getting. I think you end up getting something like that. Yeah. And so they still go to Hollywood. They still are going to be hold up. And then you just perform. Did anyone... I heard recently that they now allow people to have instruments, which is interesting. So there was a lot of instruments. So this is something that Future Wife pointed out because she's watched a lot of Idol. And this is the first time she can recall that people were able to do arrangements. It used to always be acapella. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a lot of people that had guitars, that had piano. Like a couple of them played piano while they sang. Other ones had somebody who accompanied them who played the instrument while they sang. Um, which I think 
for Claudia Conway because she had, I think she had somebody playing piano. It kind it helped her out. Um, because you don't really hear the voice the same. Like you don't hear all the cracks because you have the background music too. So we'll see. I'm interested to see what the season looks like. I don't like the format with the uh the video packages because I like this I liked the element of surprise. The the what I want to watch for the season is Nia Renee. No idea who she is. Uh she was like seventeen. Okay. She uh sang really well. Lana Richie liked her a lot. Okay. Uh she's someone that has from from what I could tell a voice that was different than yes. others. And so I'm gonna see how she goes. That that's my pick from this episode. Oh, she was the black girl with the buttons. Mm-hmm. She was good too. I don't think she was top two. Okay. But like, it's one of those, like, because we're getting all these video packages, I'm getting bored with it. And like, that's what makes her ultimately forgettable. Whereas if I get a hundred, like if I get a hundred videos instead of 10, she's going to stand out more. Because you, see, because you see more bad people. Right. The good people are special. If all you're seeing is good people, it's hard to stand out. And, and her being so young, I think she kind of did, but we'll see what happens. We'll yeah. see what happens. Uh, CJ, anything else you want to talk about? Yeah. I'm, we're big basketball fans. We did Big bas- basketball. We did basketball big, pod. We did basketball pod. We're going to have a second half preview coming up pretty soon since the second half's coming up. And you know how I know the second half's coming up? Because they're doing an all-star game. <laughs> it's funny because basketball. They've been the leaders in, you know, all the COVID protocols for all sports. They set up a bubble so that they can finish their playoffs. I don't understand why it is so... I I understand, but I don't understand why it's so important to have an all-star game. Because... Not just an all-star game. One in Atlanta. And an all-star game (laughs) in Atlanta with fans. Number one, all-star game is for TV. Like... And the reason I know the all I always knew the All-Star game was made for TV because only 20,000 people can go to the All-Star game. But now I really know the All-Star game is for TV because the uh, commissioner and owners estimate that if there's no All-Star game, they're going to lose $500 million. Wait, what? How much again? $500 million. Jesus. Half a billion dollars if they don't play the All-Star game. Half a billion is a lot of money. A lot of players have said, I don't understand why we're having the All-Star game because... If COVID is as serious as you say it is, and you have all of these protocols in place, why are you going to have all these dudes from all these different teams come to one place and risk a super spreader event amongst your stars? And I agree. I love basketball. I love the all-star game. Give me the dunk contest. I enjoy the dunk contest. Let Steph Curry win another three-point contest. But it exposes the hypocrisy of COVID is a big deal, but it's not such a big deal that it's going to stop us from doing things that add a necessary risk to our players. And that's the problem I have with the All-Star game. I know I'm going to watch it. I know it's going to be a good time for the players, but you can't say that this is super important and then put money as a priority. And that's the problem I have with the All-Star game. But with that said, Steph Curry will finally have a chance to not embarrass himself in an all-star game. He's a terrible all-star game player. It's sad. Um, I think LeBron is going to be the MVP because he picks the best players. 
Although this time it's Durant as the uh, other captain and not Giannis. Giannis like picks his friends. Giannis like, I want to play with this guy. And LeBron's like, I'm trying to win. Mm-hmm. So I think Durant's going to try to win because I think this all-star game will be a battle of the alphas to see who is the alpha of the NBA. I don't even know if that's the case because LeBron doesn't even really want to be there. True, but if he's there, I think he's trying to win. They're bringing back the Elam ending. Elam ending was great. They're bringing that back. Anthony Davis, do not expect him to play in the All-Star game. I don't. Well, he would have been named a starter if he uh, wasn't hurt. So I don't think he's going to play. Oh, was he not a starter? No. Who are the starters? uh, From the West, it was Jokic, Curry, LeBron, Kawhi, and uh, I want to say Dame, but I think that's wrong. It was not Dame. That was a thing. Who was the fifth one? So the starters, pulling it up right here. From the West, it is Luka, Steph, LeBron, Jokic, Kawhi. And from the East, it's Kyrie, Brad Bill, Kevin Durant, Giannis, Joel Embiid. Mm -hmm. Let's run run this through real quick. LeBron has first pick. Who's he taking? Giannis. All right. Kevin Durant. Luka. Okay. LeBron then takes... Steph? I think he takes maybe Brad Beal. Brad Beal? Maybe. That's the thing. It's like the all-star starters, it's an alpha contest. So I think Giannis is definitely number one. Okay, so I'm going to be LeBron. You be Kevin Durant. Real fast. We'll get up out of here. All right. I'm taking Giannis. I'd take Luka. And I think it's a snake draft, yeah? I mean, it's, yeah, a, it's, it's No, it's just one, 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 one. That's right, because then you start first in the... Uh-huh. So you're taking Luka. I'm taking... Steph Curry. And I'm Durant. Mm-hmm. I'm taking Kyrie for teammate purposes. I'm taking Brad Beal. I'm taking Jokic. I'm taking Kawhi. I'm playing the center. <laughs> and then I'm taking Embiid. Embiid. And I'm I have a very team. large team. I have a long team. Very large team. <laughs> Yeah, I'm playing four. Giannis is playing five. <laughs> We're going to have Kawhi play three. And then um, Steph will play the point guard. Yep. It's going to be an interesting all-star game. I, I'm with you. I don't know why it's being played. I, I mean, other than money. COVID's a thing. It's a shame, but it is what it is. It, it just sucks because I feel like every week I talk about COVID and how it relates to sports, except for stupid beat Bobby Flay. Um, but it's it's true because it's the hypocrisy that is exhibited in that we want to do this because we want to make our money, but we also have to act like COVID is a real thing. Like, it's crazy. It's just crazy mm-hmm. that COVID is not going to stop you from getting your money. You're just going to figure it out. You're just going to figure out how you're going to get it. Yep. CJ, where can they find you? Find me on Twitter, Keyboard Sarcasm. I will be talking about WWE Elimination Chamber this weekend. Don't know if I'll be live tweeting it, but I'll have some thoughts. Okay. You can find me at KG Fury on all socials. Also, check me out. In, um, I, I did a video podcast with my good friend Daphne. Check that out. You can find it on YouTube. I forgot the name of it, but I'll say that next time. Um, also, you can find this uh, podcast of Fury, Fury Podcast Network or here on our own feed on the Winner Takes All feed. 
all those things. Find us on all the things. These are all fun. I love it all. With that, say peace. Bye.